It's time to raise your voice. It's time to be heard. Because everything counts. Everything matters. Good news. Christian values. Alabama's Christian Talk Radio. With Greg Davis. Priority Talk. Hello, folks. Welcome to Priority Talk today. It is Thursday, July 27th, all day long, and we're having a great time. Just went through a big shower. This is Paul Brazier, and I got my lovely wife, Laurie, with me today, and we're filling in for Greg Davis and Nate Williams, and just want you to know we're going to have a good day today. I My car needed the bath, so I'm kind of glad that there was a great shower, but it did <laughs> slow traffic down. And as far as Greg and Nate go, thank you for the opportunity for us to be able to come together and uh, to speak to these great, wonderful people in the Birmingham area. Good stuff. So you've been having fun today? I did have a little kind of an off day this morning. Uh, my dog died. So, know. you know, it was very sad for me this morning. Uh, we do have two other dogs, but it's so sad when you're, I call them my family members, mm-hmm. um, pass away. But um, he did something he loves, and that's being out in the woods with me and just had a heart attack, apparently, and died on the trail. And I'm, I've moved on a little bit, still going to miss him. But um, other than that, it's been a nice day. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it was tough. Um, uh, Luke and I did a little work and, and helped bury him. But uh, if, you, if you're if you a dog lover, and I do love dogs. I, my wife does a lot with dogs. She loves them a lot more than I do. But every day she has a ritual. She goes out and she walks them and loves on them, takes them out. Sometimes I go with her, and they, but it's rare. But usually it's her out there in the woods with the dogs, and then they'll come back in. And if she gets to come home uh, another time during the day, she'll walk them again. At night, she'll walk them down the road. And and uh, so that's uh, it's been more – I say it's a ritual, but it's not. It's just – her getting her steps in, enjoying the dogs, and making sure they're in good shape. But Ben uh, took a rough day. He had a rough week this week and then got to feeling better and all of a sudden didn't do too well. And that happens. That's that's life, and we'll miss, miss but him. But he knew he was loved. That's right. Yeah. He did. But on a good note. All right. Talk to me. Uh, we were talking today about an interesting subject uh, about our words and people that have influenced us with our words and from... I, I love my dogs, so they always heard good words from me. But there are people's lives that are affected every day by words. And so I'm kind of excited about our topic today and see what our listeners have to say about it and see where the Lord is going to take us with this um, topic because we have a lot to say about words. We do. And our topic is going to be about coaching. We're going to talk about coaches. Uh, Laurie was an athlete in high school and, and almost made it to college with athletics, and then her knees got messed up. Uh, she was uh, had a scholarship to play uh, college basketball. Uh, I was a legend in my own mind in football, and uh, but I did enjoy it. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed my years of high school football, and I love to coach football to this day. And we're, we're starting off with words. And we're going to let you call in. Our, our number is 205-941-1011, and that'll get you on the show. And I, we want you to call in, and we're going to give you an idea about what it is, but let me start off this way. How many of you have heard 
the saying growing up, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, some of y'all are going, yeah, I've heard that, you know. Um, those are, it's really not true. Words do hurt. They really hurt. And we, we tell that to our kids to get them over words, but words hurt. And the reason they hurt is because in the beginning, God spoke and everything was created. Matter of fact, uh, John takes it in, um, in John chapter 1. He says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. And then later he says, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And so what that's saying to us is words are very powerful. And we need to take care of our words the way we share with them. And so we want to talk about people who share words with us that inspire us. Uh, many of y'all know that we've got a little football camp we do at the church every year. This year, it just got amped up. Andrew, you're going to be impressed. I uh, got word today that um, at the football camp, we've got it. It's going to be August the 5th at Central Baptist Church in Argo, Trustful, wherever you want to call that. It's, it's Argo, actually, Trustful address. But Central Baptist Church on August the 5th, we've got um, two camps going on. In the morning from 8 to about... Nine, uh, 10 o'clock, 8.30 to about 10 o'clock, and we'll have one for our K through 6 kids. And then uh, in the afternoon, uh, from 5 to 7, we'll have um, uh, our high schoolers, junior highs and high school, the 7th through 8th grade, 7th uh, through 12th grade kids. Um, at both those camps, we'll have college football players there at all of those. But at the evening camp for the high schoolers and for the junior highs, we got Coach Bill Clark coming. And he's going to come. UAB. UAB, yeah. And, uh, and so our son played for UAB, uh, and, and he's got some of his buddies from UAB coming. We've got a guy from Ole Miss coming, a guy from Austin P coming. Luke doesn't know it, but I'm calling a guy from Alabama and see if I can get him there. And an old guy that comes back, goes back a long ways and see if I can get him there too. And, um, and so we're going to try to have some fun with that. And the goal is to, one, teach kids how to play the game, but also teach them about Jesus. So we're going to talk about three things, mind, motivation, and and motor, how to have a motor. And they're all, I got scriptural basis for all of them. And last year we've had about eight or 10 get saved. We had about that many get saved. Did you tell them how them. much it's cost? It costs. Oh, it costs a lot. It's a free. A lot of money. It's What'd free. What'd you say? It's free. It's yeah. free. Yeah. It's free. Thanks for reminding yeah. me. And uh, so you show up. And uh, if you want to sign up online, that would help us know. Uh, we're going to have water for you. You just bring shorts, cleats, T-shirt, and a good attitude, and you will learn a lot. And sign up is centralbaptistch.com. Yeah, and uh, you, if you want to go online, centralbaptistch.com. Love for you to be there. If you're a coach, a little league coach or a dad, and you want to know something about the game or if you want to know something about coaching, you can come to. I will be giving out a booklet uh, to all the, the coaches that are dads that I wrote years ago when I was coaching Little League for our, uh, our, our, our teams out in the Pell City area. And I've got that booklet available, and it will help you uh, get your team together and, and help you in coaching, too. Well, so moms are also welcome because I'm out there, too. too. But I, and and we, we I mean, I know a lot about football. I mean, I couldn't play back in the day. Day, although I did outrun our running back, just saying they got a scholarship at Mississippi State. Yeah. Oh, really? I won't say his name anymore. It'll hurt his feelings. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I did beat him, but I, I, I mean, sometimes maybe the father's absent or or on trips or whatever mm -hmm. with work, and the mom's there to help the child. So that that would be cool if they could come yeah. too. Now, when I was coaching, I used to have, um, and a lot of coaches didn't like this, but. I would coach all the kids in front of the parents. A lot of coaches will pull them away from the parents. I keep them near the parents. 
and uh, and I asked some of the co- the parents once they learn what's going on to come out on the field with me. So we have individual coaching, but we make sure the plays run quickly. We have a way we run practice, and we keep kids busy. We just keep them motivated. And so in the little booklet, it shares that with you a little bit. And and I've had some moms come out on the field and, and help. Um, you know, uh, you actually were part of the chain gang one a couple of times. I loved it. Yeah, I did. I wanted to tell them exactly <laughs> how I felt about some of those plays, too. Yeah. But well, I didn't. I just moved the chain when I was supposed to. Picture this, Andrew. I'm coaching on one side of the field. Now, remember, I'm in arm's length of you right now. No, no. Okay, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, I'm coaching saying. on one side of the field. My wife, the chain gang, is traditionally on the opposing team's side of the field. And that's where my wife is. And so she's hearing all these other coaches on the other side of the field fussing, hollering, saying things derogatorily toward her husband, probably her one of her sons, you know, probably the rest of it. And she's like biting her lip the whole time she's over there on the sidelines. And I'm like, Laurie, just let me get somebody else over there. You're going to get me in trouble. I didn't do anything <laughs> bad. I was very proud of myself. Well, you didn't, but you almost did a couple. And I was like, Ugh, don't do that to me. But, uh, but, you know, there's a lot of things that we've had so much fun with football, especially. Um, there's the sayings, the words, the things you try to say to help the kids. Um, uh, there, are, there are things that you say, and the kids get motivated, and they go out and do what you ask them to do, and you go, wow, or even better than what you ask them to do. And, um, and it's because they believe. And they believe because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so if you're sharing the Word, then people uh, really um they really perform well um anyway they you know you, if you expect something you get something right and that's what it's about mm-hmm. that's what it's about and uh, um but yeah i real quick you you coach you uh were yeah, a player for I, many years what, what i did um, i played sports all my life grew up with three brothers say? uh well i had so many coaches but uh <laughs> and then i then i was allowed to be a coach on the little league with softball with our daughter and some other little of teams and then i also and scott and and soccer soccer. Mm -hmm. and then i coached junior high basketball and uh then i coached high school uh volleyball and junior high volleyball so i i've had some coaching experience too myself i just know as far as alvin byers was my basketball coach and taught me so much that the basics are the the basics win games if you know the basics in most sports, you can win. But uh, I think Alvin lived it out in his life. He cared about the players. He didn't just call us, hey, number 14. He actually knew our names, cared about us. And in those days, couldn't do it now because you'll be slapped with all kind of lawsuits. But in those days, uh, my parents worked long hours. And so Coach Byers would take me home yeah. from practice in those days. Uh, so he cared enough that he and my parents trusted him enough yeah. too um and it's not saying anything against coaches now you just can't do it the yeah. the society doesn't allow that anymore we have an interesting uh phenomenon coming up with kids and their words and what they dream up and and then sometimes what what coaches do that mm-hmm. they shouldn't be doing so we live in a different society but you know back in the day it was some fun times we learned a lot from our coaches i remember we were having um tackling drills and this one young man was tackling another one and 
and when he tackled him um the other guy was a little bit stronger than he was and and they hit so hard but they then they but they wound up running into the goalpost mm. because we were in the end zone doing tackling drills and and coach copeland ran over to the um to the to the guys as they were getting up they both hit the pole pretty hard and you could see the pole you know wiggling and all the way to the top and and uh, coach copeland came over there and went whew I sure am glad the goalpost is okay. Uh-huh. And we laughed about that for a long, long time. You know, you, there's funny things they say. There's a lot of motivational things they say. And, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to open up the phone lines, let you call in and share some motivational things your coaches said, maybe some funny things. Uh, keep it clean, folks, okay? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and But call in. We've got some scripture we're going to share with you throughout the whole uh, broadcast uh, that will encourage you on u- choosing your words and using them for God's glory. And so, if you will, um, bear with us this next couple hours and, and have some fun with us. I know we're going to have a good time because we're talking coaches, we're talking football, we're talking funny things they say, inspirational things they say, motivational things they say, and the example they live. Hey, we'll be right back on Priority Talk in just a moment. Thank you. Greg Davis here, and I want to remind you of Priority Talk's longest-running advertiser, and that's Today's Family Dentistry, your friendly dental practice conveniently located in downtown Coleman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Key Tan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians, along with a friendly staff, I might add, who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield All Kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment, 256-739-3337. That's Today's Family Dentistry located in downtown Coleman. Call today and make your appointment, 256-739-3337. Today's Family Dentistry in downtown Coleman. Hi, this is uh, Pastor Colin Smith from Unlocking the Bible, and you are listening to Greg Davis on Priority Talk. Back on Priority Talk, this is Paul Brazier and with my lovely wife, Laurie, and we're filling in for Greg and Nate today on Priority Talk, and you're joining us, and we're glad you're joining us today. Hey, you need to move the hair out of your eyes, because you were headbanging just then. With I was that headbanging. Is that what I was doing? Yeah, I saw well, it. it's because Andrew was over there doing it, too. I was <laughs> he like, was I can get into that. I can get into that. <laughs> and uh, so I, that, that was really cool stuff. I like to lead in on that one. That's new. But anyway. It, it uh, actually woke Paul up. It woke me up, yeah. <laughs> you know, you get my age, you go to sleep over anything. But uh, uh, but anyway, we're talking about words, using words in the right way, and talking about coaches. And we've got the uh, football camp coming up at Central, and there's a lot of football camps going on across the state of Alabama. And we've, we're fortunate in Alabama; we've got a lot of good coaches. And I just uh, we Laurie and I thought, or actually Laurie came up with the idea. Let's talk about what coaches do. And uh, one of the things I want to read to you is the words. They mo- coaches will motivate you with the words, um, and. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12, it says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of the soul and spirit, 
and of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That tells you something about God's Word. You know, I've always enjoyed the coaches. The coaches I got the most out of were those that knew God and that shared God's Word with me. And, and it meant a lot to me because it just really just penetrated to my soul when they used words from the Lord. And, you know, the, way, the words we use are very important. We can uh, hurt a kid's feelings. Uh, or we can motivate a kid to, to try harder. And some words they use, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll have a coach kind of jokingly put a kid down it, just as a joke to get them to laughing about something. And, and all of a sudden they'll, they'll perform a little harder. And most of the times I've found if you encourage a kid and say, hey, hey, you've got this, just try it this way. You know, that you're really just tweaking a little bit. Uh, they'll get real proud and they'll get really confident and they'll give you their very best. And uh, there are some coaches, I believe, though, they, they try that negative motivation. And I just don't like that. I really don't see it working. Well, I think coaching is such a broad term anyway. I think yeah. about my piano teacher. She's not really a coach, but she, when I was growing up, she was definitely an instructor and did coach me. And I re- remember this to, to this very day. When I would mess up, I'd get very mad at myself. I'm, I'm, much, I've, I'm a very competitive person. And so when I'd mess up, she would go, but Laurie, look at all the notes you got right. There you go. And so instead of going, yeah, you did mess up, and it sounded terrible, I, that's always stuck with me when somebody that I've coached or somebody that I'm instructing messes up and they get so frustrated with themselves. I'm like, but look what you did right. If you can focus on the great things, you can overcome those little other little issues. Yeah, and, and to me, the words that people use and how they look at – your gifts and your gift mix and find a way to really touch your heart can change the way you do things and how you do things in tremendous ways. I'm, I'm interested in hearing your opinion on this since we're talking about words today. Throwing, okay. throwing a curveball at you. Throw one because I'm really bad baseball. about words. Uh, baseball? Okay. Well, no, I'm just throwing a curveball. So uh, what do you think about every player getting a trophy? <laughs> if you're the coach, <laughs> do you think every player should get the trophy? Every player, and I'm not talking necessarily participation trophy, but finding something good with everybody. They all come off the awards banquet with something in their hand. What do you think about that? I, I think if a kid has worked hard, that I don't see the problem with some sort of something being given them as a memorabilia for that year that they spent or that excuse me, that season they spent. I don't have a problem with people giving them something. But to go out and get and come up with special awards for each one, you can say something special about each one's fine. Um, but to me, coming up with a special award, you know, it, I think they need to earn some things. You know, you get the leading tackler, uh, the home run hitter. You, you, you've got to award that to kind of set the bar for others. But you can still, I mean, whenever we gave out – trophies to all the kids on the team i always found something to say about those kids that exactly that, that was important uh, they might not get the most valuable player award but um but by the same token the bar was set so they would still try to work mm-hmm. hard you see that's one thing that that i used to teach um when we're in little league i don't i didn't coach a lot of daddy ball i didn't do that i told my kids i said when i coached them I, i'm not gonna just because i'm the coach you're not gonna just play because i'm the coach and, and uh, I'm not going to be hard on you. I'm harder on you than anybody else. Uh, but I'm going to try to find a way to get everybody in the game. And so uh, in football, I would start the best players on defense, and they hardly ever came out of defense. But on offense, we had three 
uh, offensive teams that we played to make sure everybody got on the field and uh and we stuck to it and um and so that we were able to with three offenses we could get all the players in and all of them could get a chance to play pretty well and so that was a wonderful thing but i, I told i told luke and seth both our kids i said you know on offense you're not going to play as much so when you get on offense do really good as hard as you can because you're not going to be out there but one series at a time and uh the next series another team would go in next series another team then you go the third time you go in and so they did real well with that um but a lot of coaches will only play the better players and the rest of them are the whole time the whole game so and when I'm you like, come back if you for the practices why would those kids that just sat on the sidelines or stood on the sidelines even practice hard knowing they'll never go in yeah they're not that's not a motivational thing to them and some folks say well you're just trying to be a nice guy and all. i just want you to know my te- our teams we're in the playoffs every year mm-hmm. every year because they believed yeah, in and themselves. the ki- and the, they believed themselves they believed in each other they knew that we're trying to get everybody in we never won the big game because we were building getting them ready for high school uh we would always we we would play in the, the final game, but we hardly ever won because the other team would play just their best players for four quarters, and they'd barely beat all of our players after playing four quarters. And it, and honestly, uh, it just and I'd come off the field, and the other team would say, "Hey, um, we hate playing y'all because everybody that comes off through your bench is going to hit us. They're going to they're going to play hard. Well, why is that? Because they're motivated. They get an opportunity to play, you know. And to me." Coach Bryant, I think, was the best at playing a lot of players. He had a 150 on the sidelines almost, and he he tried to find a way to get most all of them in. And that's a motivational tool that says, I believe in you. I've worked with you. I've worked hard with you. I believe in you. And I think if you show kids that you believe in them, I believe if you tell kids you believe in them, um, uh, you know, they will do great things. It was one of the hardest things I did as a coach when girls would try out, say, for volleyball and i could only fill you know 15 spots yeah and there are 35 girls or 40 girls coming out somebody's not going to make the team and it was very tough in the way that you know i would make sure i spoke to each girl personally i didn't just put a list on a wall and they go out there and look to see if their name's on the the team list so that's very important to me is to make sure even though you didn't make it this year work hard and come back next year and we'll see what can happen yeah it's uh it it, it's a difficult thing when you coach high school ball because the the motivation is actually winning for the coach winning for the coach and uh and so you've got you Mm -hmm. that's what the focus is on winning but you can still do it in such a way that you motivate people that's never done it before. Right. Hey, folks, y'all join us and call in. Tell us some things that motivated you as a player. Or maybe you're a coach and maybe you'd like to call in and say, I do this and it helps me. And uh, you call in and let us know what's going on, what you're doing in your world with the Word of God and with your words and how you motivate kids. We'll be back on Priority Talk at the, at right after us at 6.30, 5.30. <laughs> We want you to be a part of the show. Yes, you. To make comments or ask questions, call or text Priority Talk at 205-941-1011. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg David. Hey, this is Paul Brazier, and we're back with Priority Talk, and i got my wife, Laurie, with me today. 
and uh, we're covering for Greg and Nate today, and hope you're having a blessed day. We're talking about coaches, the value of coaching, the value of your words, uh, how you motivate people, how uh, you're motivated by their words. Uh, maybe you're out there today and you're going, you know, I used to play basketball or baseball or volleyball, or, or maybe I was a cheerleader or you were um, uh, on the dance team or majorettes, and, and your coach motivated you some way, shape, or fashion to do the best you could when you're out there. Uh, I want you to call in. And, uh, you know, one thing, Laurie, that I got the joy of getting, you didn't have it as much as I did, but you got to give it when you were a coach, the game day speech. There were some game day speeches, man. I just, golly, it was, they would get you motivated. Did you ever cry? Never cried. I, I got cry. fired up. I hollered loud when they'd okay. say stuff. Just, now I'm talking about if you, when you did it for your your kids. Oh, well, I don't know if I did it. When, I, I don't know what I did. I think there's a couple of times I, I gave a game day speech where I got a little teary-eyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, well, we'll get that later about who you play for, who you're playing for. I did that one time, and we uh, had a young man who – well, I'll go ahead and tell it now. We had a young man who in our community who could not walk. He couldn't barely talk. He was born that way. He was related to one of our players. and uh, But he loved going to the ball games to see his cousin play. And um, so one day I pulled him up, and I said, hey, folks, this is so-and-so, and um, I want you all to meet him. Some of you all know him because you're his age. He can't walk. He can barely talk. He can't move his arms too much. But he's trying. He said, but he loves to watch you all play. And I said, today I want you to do something you've never done. I've never asked you to do. I've asked you to play for the Lord. I've asked you to play for yourself. I've asked you to play for mom and dad. But I want you to play for him today. I want you to be his legs and arms. And I want you to go out there and just take it to this team and let him cheer a whole lot because you're playing in his place. And and when I said that, he starts clapping, you know, and that got him all fired up. I want you to know uh, our kids went out there and – the first play of the game, we fumbled the stinking ball. And the other team got the ball on the first play of the game. They're on our 20. And the next play, they went through our middle and got about four or five yards. They went through our middle got four or five more yards. And I pulled my defense to one side and I said, guys, we've beat this team before. I said, there's no need for us to do this. I said, who are y'all playing for? Do you think you're that good? You got, you got to learn to play for somebody. And one guy, one, our big defensive tackle, Dylan Wiley, he came up and says, I'm going to play for, you know, he said the guy's name, and he just was crying. He said, I mean it, Coach. I said, well, go out there and go get it. I said, "You go out there and give him something to cheer about. I want you to know we lined up in defense, and the next three plays, Dylan made the tackle, and they had to punt. And we got the ball back, and we scored six or seven touchdowns, and they never came close to getting a first down after that. And uh, they, But they learned to play somebody else yeah it reminds yeah. me of uab too oh yeah yeah they play yeah. for children's hospital and where they the child's i think it's the last name on the back of their jersey yeah. Yeah. and then they give them that jersey mm-hmm. stinky and all uh <laughs> to the kids after the game but that's special to get to play for someone yeah. you know when when people begin to do things like that that's that's a godly thing mm-hmm. you know love god with all your heart mind soul and strength and then love your neighbors yourself uh, that's a wonderful – Bill Clark instituted that at, at UAB. Of course, he's going to be at our camp in a few weeks, too, at and, August and, 5th. And to add to that, not only are they playing for that child then on the field, but they actually went to Children's Hospital. Yeah, and visited and them. Visited them. Yeah. yeah, so that, that just kind of made it very personal. That, that's, that's a big deal. But game day speeches. Somebody call in and tell us the best game day speech ever. The best game day speech I got was on a Monday. It was we hadn't even 
you know, our game was on Friday, and Coach Campbell got up and he says, I don't know about y'all, but I wish this game was tonight. Y'all are already ready. And, man, when I, when I heard him say that, I thought, he really believes in us. And we had a great practice that week, and we wore that team out on Friday. And uh, but it's because when you when somebody believes in you, it makes a huge huge difference. Hey, folks, you're riding along. Did somebody believe in you? Uh, tell us what they told you. What did they share with you? What? It, how did it motivate you? How did you feel? Call in nine four one one zero one one Priority Talk two zero five. Of course. Any scriptures you got to kind of motivate us to call? Well, I do have. Uh one that kind of stands out to me I'm, I'm pulling it up because I it's in Proverbs eighteen twenty one. it says death and life are in then guess what in the tongue the power of the tongue and so um, I guess the death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit so if you love the the evil things you're going to evil is going to come out of your mouth and your attitude if you love the good things of life then it's going to flow from your mouth and we we talked about that not only do important coaches that make an impact on your life in a good positive way they don't just speak it they live it and i i think that's something that's a lot of people can read watch tv see a guy or or a lady on the screen that looks like gosh i want to be like them one day yeah. But do they truly live what they speak? Mm-hmm. Uh, I and I don't know anything about Coach Saban, but I just from seeing him and his coaching before that tornado, you know, that went through Tuscaloosa. I think I mean, he was a great guy already as far as coaching goes. But I think after that tornado, I think his whole attitude to to people and to life events yes Mm -hmm. seemed to change a lot just from this is just me looking out i've never been Mm -hmm. under his coaching whatsoever but just seemed like it made a difference i think um when coaches are real and trying to be legit and speak and and live godly lives and i'm not saying coach Saban does or doesn't i'm just saying when a coach really goes beyond just their words and lives the life mm-hmm. that's when they make a statement to me in the positive way becomes who they are mm-hmm. they become who they are when they follow their words follow who they say they are and um, they live it out and they usually wind up being very successful and um that that's a really really neat thing to say you know one thing Saban did i thought was nice he got a Christian psychologist to come. And for some reason, I can't think of the guy's name. Uh, I used to listen to him almost every day for a long time. Uh, but he had a Christian psychologist come and and meet with the team one year. And it was the year that they played LSU, um, and they were ranked number one and number two in pre- in the regular season. And they and uh, LSU came to uh, – to, uh, it was a home game for Alabama – and Alabama lost the game. We went, we missed five or six field goals and lost nine to six. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, and of course, it's an awful defeat. Uh, and and so, but what that guy that was a Christian psychologist said to Saban's team was, they went in the dressing room after the game was over with, and he said, "Look around this room." He said, "Some of y'all are mad and you're angry at LSU." He said, you don't need to be angry at LSU. Anger does not motivate you to work hard. Love motivates you to work hard. He said, look around this room, and do you want to see your teammates do this again? 
Do you want to see y'all go through losing again? Do you really want to see that? Well, what you need to do is lay down your life every day for your for your your teammate and go out there and play for their benefit and help them for their benefit and work together for their benefit and love each other in such a way that y'all will work harder and try harder than you've ever tried. Well, they bought into it. And Alabama got better and better and better as the year went on. Wound up playing LSU again for the national championship. And I don't think LSU crossed the 50-yard line. If they did, it was once. once. And, uh, and it wound up, they wound up winning, I think, 21-0, to zero, something like that. And it, it was a totally different team. Good team, but they were much better because they had a loss. But they played for each other. And they played for the motivational factor of love, mm-hmm. loving your teammate. And to me, when you're playing for somebody, it, it, it works in a marriage. If you love your spouse and you play, for, you know, you do the things you're supposed to do for them because out of love, it's one thing. But if you just do it out of obligation, you know, may not, it may not be as much fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so same way with whatever it is. I, I remember you've you've been a teacher for many years and. And, uh, you know, every year, how's your class? Well, you get what you get. I'm going to make the most out of it. You know, why is that? Because you loved them, you know. And there's some some kids easier to love than others. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you know, your words, your motivation, um, it's very important. I, I knew my coach loved me. My, my head coach really cared about me. I wondered if he even knew who I was uh, in the ninth and 10th grade. But uh, 11th and 12th grade, I knew he knew who I was. He cared about me. He encouraged me a lot. Uh, coach Campbell was a, a great guy, and I, I enjoyed him. Had one coach that was negative at motivating me, and uh, and then later he became uh, one of my best buddies. And so, isn't he? And then Coach Sheets was a dear Christian man who would uh, come and pray for everybody on our team, and uh, and with us. And FCA, he, he was our FCA leader, and just a godly man who overcame cancer and. Um, just lived a godly life and just loved him to death. But a lot of motivational folks out there that, that give their time and all. Um, folks, who motivates you? Can you name a coach in your past that uh, that God used to motivate you to be the person you are today? Call us at 205-941-1011, and you'll be on reality radio you'll be <laughs> you'll be on uh our the priority talk radio show and um and uh you will be able to share something with your about your coach and uh, and i'm sure if they're still living they'll appreciate that um you read the words of 21 i, I did and and Proverbs twelve eighteen encouragement often comes through spoken words, but so does discouragement. Uh, it says reckless words pierce like a sword, and um, you talked about negative coaching or negative words uh, that that sting. Uh, we had a, a somebody that we love who received negative words from a coach, and it and it kind of just rocked his world. Uh, and as parents, when you your child or a close person that you know receives negative things, it's hard to encourage them after they the coach says negative things. Yeah. Um, so I I always tried to be careful with my words and the way and the way I spoke them spoke them too. Uh, and when you're talking to a team, a, a person, and a whole team, but you're talking to that one person, the others are listening. Oh, they're listening, and so they're 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 catching what they're listening, and and so I know that they're listening, and so I try to 
make sure I was saying something that would lift everyone up, not just pointing a finger at this one person or one, yeah. one student. But I think it's very important in a Christian world that reckless words pierce like a sword. And when if you're driving right now and you, maybe you didn't even play a sport, but you did band or whatever, as a parent reckless words pierce like a sword mm-hmm. as parents we have we have to remember that the words that we speak to our children can be life and death in them as well oh yeah that that's true that's true i look at how god spoke to cain, uh, cain when he um didn't do too well with his offering mm-hmm. you know abel gave the first fruits of his offering in genesis chapter what uh, four and then cain just gave some fruits to the Lord and Cain was upset because God you know really liked Abel's offering and didn't really care for his and God goes to him and says why are you angry why is your countenance fallen if you do well will you not will not your countenance be lifted up and if you do not do well sin is crouching at your door and its desire is for you but you must master it and I look at that and I go you know God didn't say Cain you're just a zero he said just go do the right thing Go do the right thing. Otherwise, if you don't do the right thing and don't want to do the right thing, sin's crouching at your door. And you've got to learn how to master that if you're going to make it in life. And and so you know the rest of the story. Cain let sin rule his life, and, and it ruined his life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it also took Abel's life from him. Our words are very, very important that, that we use as parents. God is so loving to us. He was loving to Cain. In that situation and we should be that way too mm-hmm. we really should be hey we're going to take a break right now and we'll come back and folks it's mighty quiet out there i hope you're listening and hope you've got a story you can tell about your coach it can be a fun one a lighthearted one it can be something meaningful or, or, it can be something or if maybe paul was your coach please call Uh-oh. in <laughs> <laughs> y'all call us back on priority talk priority talk marketing can be overwhelming. The marketing landscape is full of holes to lose your money. Stop trying to piece your marketing together. Start marketing with a purpose. Dot Edison Marketing is your full-service marketing partner. They are your business's outsourced marketing team. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to their website at dotedison.com. I'm Brenda Ledun from ABC 3340. Listen to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. Hey, this is Paul Brazier with my wife, Laurie, today on Priority Talk. And we're sitting in and filling in for Greg Davis and Nate Williams. And I uh, hope you'll join us uh, by phone. Call us at 205-941-1011. We're talking about words. Maybe you've been motivated by words. Maybe it was by a coach or a preacher, or maybe it's from the Word of God. You call in and give us some motivation to live by today, okay? And, and tell us about the value that God gave you through those words. We've been talking about coaches a lot. And uh, I wrote down several things when we first started talking about this subject that I just got out from my coaches. Um, I always enjoyed uh, when Coach Campbell said, I wish it was tonight, meaning the game, instead of being Monday, you know, he wanted the game to be that day, you know, because we were ready. Um, I remember I had one coach sign my annual, 
and uh, that's yearbook. I think people call it yearbooks now, but it's called annual back in the day. And this one coach did not like me at all my junior year. He could not stand me. He was a brilliant defensive-minded coach, and we became close friends later on uh, the next year and years afterwards. But um, my junior year, I didn't play much. My senior year, I played a whole lot, and and uh, he wrote in my yearbook something. I, and for him to write this, it meant a lot to me. He said, you'll make it in life like you did in football, which it means work hard and you'll do fine, you know, because he, he just, I don't know, he, he really was on me a lot. But my senior year, he really, he really, really liked what I did. And so all. it didn't say to Paul, coach. It said to Paul. No, I'm saying it didn't say to Paul, coach. I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> he did. He said something. Oh yeah, some he said people so. oh, would yeah, say yeah. to Paul, you're, coach. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He he wrote something out, and it's pretty neat, and it meant a lot to me. Uh, my coach Campbell used to tell us during uh, fall camp, he'd say, "All right, guys, there's no rest for the weary." I kept thinking, "Man, I'm tired." <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and uh, but he'd tell you that and say, "Get on up, keep trying, keep working at it." Um, you know, we'd always get the speech that Coach Bryant gave everybody, and I guess every high school coach in um, in Alabama said the same thing. When you get in the end zone, act like you've been there. And so uh, uh, we'd say, yay, get, throw the ball back to the ref, and there was no crazy dancing and shaking around and all. It was just act like you've been there. Yeah, You know, um, we got Bill Clark coming to our camp, and if you're interested um, and you got a child that's K through 6, uh, we've got a camp for them on uh, August the 5th at Central Baptist Church. It's behind the church. Just drive back there, go across the bridge. There's a big field back there. We'll have a PVC goalpost up. It's hilarious. You'll love it. But we got some very good coaches working with you, and uh, bring them out there. Um, that's where we are back there. The, but from K through 6 will be uh, in the morning at 830, and we'll go to about 11. And then um, that evening at uh, 5 o'clock, we'll have um, uh, another one for our older kids there. And so, But if you're a coach and uh, um, or you're a parent, you come out too. Watch what we're doing. Get involved if you want to. We'll let you help. And there is a covered pavilion. A covered pavilion. For shade for the parents. For shade for the parents. I'm going to try to get some fans there for that. Fans, circular fans. Right. That, but not, 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 yeah. Woo, yeah, yeah. And so, but, you know, I think about all the coaches be there, that will be there, and Bill Clark's coming. And, and I really think um, you mentioned something one time about I think a coach gives a good can give a good example or a bad example. And I think Coach Clark gave an excellent example. He goes over to UAB, coaches them. They had a winning season, first one in several years. They had a winning season his first year there. And, and then they pulled the plug on the program. And he stayed with it. Without a team. Without a team, without a salary, without, a without salary. anything at all. And he stayed with it. Um, and then next thing you know, they reinstate the team a year later. Uh, you know, Luke, uh, the first year he was there in 2016, they, they had a team, but they didn't play. They played each other. They played each other. We went two games that fall where they played each other, and it was a lot of fun to watch. And But it wasn't like playing going to a real game. And, and then because uh, one of the games was on a, a soccer field. And you have to remember, they did mm-hmm. not have money. No, I remember the, the when they would come off the field. I saw them eating peanut butter sandwiches, peanut butter jelly sandwiches. Oh yeah, they didn't have anything. Didn't have much at all, and then all of a sudden, people got behind them, 
and all. And the next thing you know, 2017 comes. They have a winning season, go to a bowl game, um, did very well. The, the following year, they won the conference championship. Mm-hmm. And um, they went to a bowl game that year, too. And uh, uh, and then the following year, they, they didn't win the conference championship, but they played for it. And the year after that, the fourth year, they won it again. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Luke was a part of two conference championship teams, and and uh, it was just exciting to watch. But I believe if Coach Clark hadn't been the humble man that he is, now he's confident, and he can he can get after it. But but he had that was a lot of humility to have the program mm-hmm. pull it on you, and and you stayed. What motivates you to do that? I think you really cared about the players, mm-hmm. and you cared about the program. You really do. It says a lot to me about a coach. It really does say a lot to me about coaches and all. Um, anyway, there's a I, I, there are stories upon stories upon stories I could tell. But if you want to talk about your coach, do. If you want to talk about the Scriptures, what motivates you in the Scriptures, please call us and let us know what motivates you. Maybe you can help somebody else. A quick question. Yeah. Go ahead. Can you remember any of the interesting songs you came out to on the field? Or you didn't play basketball, but... Mm. I'm gonna. Tell, Y'all had some crazy. I'm gonna ones. tell my age basically with this. Go one. ahead. Our our big song, and I got to pick it because I was captain of the team. But uh, <laughs> it was um, celebrate good times. I we that. we that. we played that on a boombox because we didn't even have speakers in the gym <laughs> at this time, and we jacked that boombox up and came out to celebrate good times. Come on. There's a party going on right here. Yeah. And we won a lot of games because we are it pumped helps. up. It helps. Coach, let us do that. I think it's interesting, though, what some teams pick as their going out song or coming in song. Oh, yeah. We we had some fun times. Uh, now, what, what we would do would – I was – my best friend – You had horse. Right, that's right. We had the, the horse, the fight song for Leeds. And uh, we love that. We wanted them to start off with that. Is that the same as Rocky? Da-da, no, no, it's, it's not. It's different. Da-da. Totally different. <laughs> totally different. But we would come out on with horse, and I told the, I asked the drum major, my friend, said, "Hey, if you'll play it at least once a quarter, and twice in the fourth quarter, we'll win most of our games." If you had and horse over there, Paul would be running around in this little room oh over yeah here. you play that Can you find horse you know what's weird <laughs> is the fight song for auburn they have a fight song they got their regular fight song but they use horse a lot at auburn well how many because yeah. so so we know what it is is it really called hey radio listening music you've got a one-man <laughs> band right here <laughs> I think Crazy. that's from Rockford Files. I don't know what it is, but it's 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 it was a. That's a 1942. Show. I heard that in the 60s when I came. Oh my gosh. To visit my cousins. Did they have music in the 60s. Oh, they had music in the 60s. Uh, we invented the wheel in the 60s. It was incredible, and uh, but they would play that. And I remember growing up in little league, and I'd hear the band practicing. And man, they were they play that, and we'd get up and get after it. And uh, those were some good times. Good times back then. You call in, folks. What motivates you? Is it a, words of a song? Is it we a memory? We are here to pump you up. We're here to pump you up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give us a call and uh, let us know what the word says to you and and how you uh, have enjoyed life because God's placed some good. Give people them that in phone number. Yeah, phone number 205-941-1011. Call us, folks, and we'll talk at you in just a little bit. Good news. Christian values. 
That's what it's all about on Priority Talk with Greg Davis. Tune in to 101.1 WXJC weekdays from 5 to 7 p.m. to listen to Greg and co-host Nate Williams discuss Christian values in today's climate, along with special guests and callers alike. I really enjoy your program, and I want to thank y'all so much. You're reaching more people than, than what you think, and I'm, I'm telling everyone, hey, 5 o'clock, hit 101.1. So be sure to switch to 101.1 at 5 o'clock to hear the latest on politics and culture. You can always catch a replay of our past broadcasts at PriorityTalkRadio.com or on your favorite podcast platform. God bless. It's time to raise your voice. It's time to be heard. A world, a very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members, that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course for our life. And it is set on fire by hell. Now, what he's saying here is this, that one little thing, the tongue, can set you down the right course or the wrong course. You know, what you say, you wind up trying to fulfill sometimes. And sometimes what we say is probably the wrong thing, you know. And uh, if we're not living under forgiveness and love and that law of Jesus, um, we may head the wrong direction and our arrogance may take us further than we want to go. Yes. As a Christian, we have the Holy Spirit to help us in guiding what we say. Uh, and and to me, it's what you think before you say uh, my one of my uh, verses that I think about is Matthew twelve thirty four through thirty seven, where Jesus reminds us that our words originate from inside our hearts. That's where it first starts. For out of the not do anything at all. So one summer, somebody got him a summer job, uh, another adult, and he was. And this guy was in his, uh, I guess, fifties at that time, and um, and so he went and helped him. And he was cleaning up some things and helping him clean up. And he worked for like six weeks. And the, the other adult also brought in some college kids to help with the, with the work, too. And they all worked for six weeks. At the end of six weeks, this guy, was, he was a deacon friend of mine. Uh, th- this guy, six weeks worth of work, and he didn't get paid for it. And, you know, and the guy could have used the money, mm-hmm. you know. He wasn't a filthy rich kind of guy. He was disabled and he was just trying to help out and make a little extra cash if he could. And uh, but you know the words, the words that he chose were the right words. Right. They were godly words. It didn't benefit him. I mean, he could have fussed. He could have pitched a fit. Could have told me and wanted me to tell it from the church or tell it from the pulpit. I wouldn't have done that. But by the same token, uh, he he could have and, and been justified by doing it. But he didn't do it. And uh, he chose the higher road, and that's um, caring about people. You know, I, I felt like he he chose this road. He said, talking about the tongue still in James, verse 9, um, uh, verse 8, No one can tame the tongue. No one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come both blessings and curses. My brethren, these things ought not be this way. 
and my friend chose the right way mm-hmm. he wasn't going to do it in this article that I was reading, it says the words we say are important because they expose the condition of our hearts. Sometimes our words can be our worst enemy. And he goes to say a critical heart will speak disparaging words, a bitter heart, stinging words, a self-righteous heart, judgmental words, a thankless heart, words of complaint. On the other hand, a loving heart will speak uplifting words a contented heart, words of faith, a humble heart, words of acceptance, a joy-filled heart, grateful words, love, contentment, humility, and joy. These qualities within ourselves will speak life to others. Mm. And that's the whole thing as a Christian. The Holy Spirit will equip us with what to say, when to say it, and a very important thing that you emphasize is how to say it. Yeah. Yeah. He will give you and and me the right way to say it and the and the words to say. I I think it's so important because in situations that we're put in, whether it's spouse, you know, your spouse is going through something or somebody's coming to you for advice, it's kind of natural to go, I don't know what to say. Well, we might not, but the Holy Spirit can give us the words to say. That's right. If we're listening. Right. If we're listening, and that's that's the main thing about listening. My dad always said, uh, he less, the last five years of his life, he said, you know, Paul, people just aren't kind anymore. You know why they're not kind? You just talked about the heart. Their heart's not right. They get offended about everything because they've chosen the wrong things. They get consequences everywhere they turn, and it's because they've chosen the wrong road for their life. And people don't like losing, and they don't realize that the book here, the Bible, has given them the roadmap on how to live. And when you choose the scriptures and you choose to ro- live that way, uh, you have those warm thoughts. You have those warm uh, feelings toward people. And it's not about they offended me or I didn't get what I wanted to get or whatever, you know. Uh, it, it's, it's not a selfish kind of thing. It's more of a, a servant kind of mindedness. And, uh, and James says it shouldn't be this way. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. about the scripture that says it rains on the just and unjust. And I yeah. know things good and bad help happen to all people, but we bring it upon ourselves sometimes, too. When a, when a marriage is not aligned up with the Lord exactly like it should be, harsh words will come out of mm-hmm. a spouse's mouth. Or no words. Yeah, true. That happens, too. Yeah. I mean, I was known for pouting all my life, <laughs> just to be honest. My dad called me fat lips because I'd poke those lips out, <laughs> you know, when he was getting on to me. But, yeah, it, it's true that if, if something is just awry, not straight where it should be, it's going to affect people around us. It, I, I will say one of our children was having an issue one time, and I said, do you like how you feel right now? <laughs> and... That child said, no. I said, you feel this way because you've pushed the Lord outside of your life and trying to live it the way you want to live it. You've you've got to move yourself off that throne, put him back on that throne. That's right. And submit to him, and he will bring that peace even in these tough situations. And he will. Yes. He will. I mean, you and I, I don't know, we've not always done the right thing, but when we stopped and listened to God, and turn to what he wanted to do. It wasn't always what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things I just, you know, I'd rather do certain things a different way. But when you stop and ask, okay, God, what do you have for me right now? 
and you start down that road, all of a sudden you do see blessings, and you may have to figure out how I fit with this. But sometimes it happens. You got to fit. You, know, you got to learn how to fit in. But but when you follow him, he fits you in. Right. I think uh, if you were talking about coaching earlier, that the, the greatest coach of all time. I mean, we can think of different names come to my brain. You know, when I say that. But who was it? I mean, it was Jesus Christ. Yeah. And. He lived the life for us, had the right words to say, the right tone to say it in. Definitely the example above all examples. Uh, but he talked to me one day when we were we were not arguing, but we were not settled on something, the same feelings. We were a little upset with each other. I was just telling this to some friends of mine today. And as we were driving, the the um, tension in the car was pretty extreme between just me and you. That we were only the, only the two of us in the car. I was driving, you were sitting over there, and I knew the Lord said, "Reach across and touch His hand." I'm like, "Nope, nope, nope," because He does not know how bad wrong He is. He didn't deserve it. <laughs> he he needs to feel the pain. He needs to know that it's not right. And the Lord said to me again, "Reach over and touch His hand." I said, "Well, He hasn't asked forgiveness yet." As soon as he asks forgiveness, God, I'm going to do that. Reach over and touch his hand. And I was gripping that steering wheel. I was like, mm nope. And finally, I felt him say it one more time, and I knew this probably I need to do this. So I reached over and touched your hand, and immediately it was like an act of surrender to the Lord opened up the language between us, and was we just both apologized. Mm-hmm. Of course, my apology was, I'm sorry you don't see how I feel and understand that I'm right. <laughs> but no, I just, I, I mean, we both were in agreement, not necessarily over the situation, but in agreement that God had a plan oh, sure. right then and there yeah. to let's resolve this issue. Yeah. And he does have a plan. He, he always has a plan for us. Uh, you know, all things work together for the good. Sometimes it's the easiest thing we could do, but it's the hardest. Mm-hmm. And, and. A lot of times that involves our words. We talked about that in, in uh, our Bible study um, Sunday, uh, not Sunday night, but Wednesday night at the church. Uh, we were talking about James, and James was teaching us how to love in the First James. And and I told the church, I said, you know, what he's saying here is sometimes the easiest thing we can do is the hardest, mm-hmm. and it's just basically just submitting to God, submitting to the love that we're supposed to have for each other, and. We say we're Christians. We say we care about people. Then just be it. Mm-hmm. Just do it. You know, and and uh, that's to me is uh, is the, the I like things that are easy. I don't like the complicated things. I don't think the Lord um, wanted us to make our Christian lives complicated. I think He wants us to make them simple. He says, "My burden is easy." I don't think you have to be a theologian to figure out what you're supposed to be doing. I don't think you have to be a um, you know, some sort of a, uh, have a doctorate degree on, on how to live, you know. I think we're just supposed to learn how to have faith and follow Jesus and his word. I think that helps us a whole lot. And, I, um, I like to think, too, that when we pray to the Lord and we use words of affirmation to him, to glorify him, I find out that I lose myself because I'm exalting him so I'm in the background oh, yeah. which is why that's what those praise and worship songs that I sing to the Lord are for is to acknowledge he yeah. is the Lord the God the one whom I love he's the one I bow down yes to. and it's him it's all about him and then when we tell him how good he is he doesn't need us to tell him how good he is 
it's for our benefit that we acknowledge how good he is because it makes us aware of his goodness. Uh, And when I I think about the words, I want to bless the Lord, how can me, somebody so sinful, bless the Lord? But it's because I say to him, you are it. You are everything. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the blessing to him. Yeah, we start living out what he says, and that's what he wants, that we're part of his will, you know. Well, let's go to the break right now, and we'll come back with you for the sh- shorter segment in just a little bit, and we'll finish our thoughts here on that and keep on getting into the Word of God. Y'all call us at 205-941-1011 with your thoughts, with your inspirations, and uh, with things that people might get something great out of. Y'all, we'll see you in just a minute. Priority Talk. Greg Davis here, and I want to remind you of Priority Talk's longest-running advertiser, and that's Today's Family Dentistry, your friendly dental practice conveniently located in downtown Coleman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Keetan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians, along with a friendly staff, I might add, who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield All Kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment, 256-739-739. Three 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 seven. That's today's family dentistry located in downtown Coleman. Call today and make your appointment. Two five six seven three nine three 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 seven. Today's family dentistry in downtown Coleman. Hey Birmingham, this is Bo Bice, and you're listening to Priority Talk with Greg Davis on WXJC. Paul Brager on Priority Talk, and I've got my lovely wife, Laurie, with me today. And uh, we're filling in for Greg and for Nate today on Priority Talk. Appreciate the opportunity to do this. We've been talking about a lot of things today, everything from coaching to words that motivate people, um, words that coaches have said to us, words from the scriptures that the greatest coach of all time said to us, um, a lot of things that motivate us on being the people that God's called us to be. So if you want to join us, it's 205-941-1011. I want to share with you just a story. You know me, I like stories about kids, and we... um, I was talking to the team that I was coaching one day as one of the teams and that we had back in Little League, and I told him the story of David and Goliath before the the uh, the game, and I said, you know, you've got to do this, this, and this, and you got to face your giants, and we're going to go out there, and we're going to win, and we're going to rock them good, you know? And so we get out there, and there's a little boy that – it's been four games, and I had him at wide receiver – and that's the only way I could get him on the field was wide receiver because in practice, he was a very good baseball player. But in football, he was just so little, he cried every practice. He'd get in the tackling drills, and he'd cry. He, he's, he's tough. He'd get up and try it again, and he'd get hit and cry. His mom would just shake her head, and she said, he's determined. I said, well, he's determined. And, but he knew that I only played my better players on defense. And he knew how to play defense. I let him play in practice some, but he still kept getting hurt. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this this is – got to play him on offense. And so I had a place for everybody. 
And during the game, our safety got hurt. And the safety, if you don't know football, he's the guy at the back. He's the very last person that's got to make the tackle in order to keep the other team from scoring a touchdown. Well, our safety got hurt. And he came up to me, and the little boy came up to me. He says, Coach Paul put me in. I went, no, i got to get somebody else. And I'm looking around for somebody else, and the kid kept interrupting me. Coach Paul, I can do it. I promise you I can do it. I've worked hard. I've played for for four games already. I've I've been practicing. I don't cry anymore when I make tackles. He said, I can do it. And he kept on, he kept on, kept on. Finally, I said, okay, we're playing a good team. We're actually playing Leeds. That's where I'm from. And I didn't. I never lost any games, Andrew, to Leeds because I knew my cousins would kid kid me a lot if any of my teams lost to Leeds. Uh, and so this game, Leeds was beginning to get momentum, even though we were ahead. And about that time, I said, "Okay, you go out there. Nobody gets past you. You've got good speed. Nobody gets past you." I said, "If they if they get past our linebackers, then you know, and and, and the cornerbacks, then you've got to get them." And I said, "You can't just back down." Yes, sir. I got it. I got it. So he gets out there. And when you know the first play of the game, first play of the stinking game, or when he goes out there, they flip the ball, their big running back. Our end got blocked. And I'm like, oh, no. And I saw this little guy coming, and I saw this big running back coming. I thought, this kid's going to die. He's going to be a big, greasy spot. And I kept thinking, oh, my gosh. Well, about that time I looked up, and our son Luke was playing linebacker, and I thought, Luke read the play. Luke's going to get there, and this kid's going to be okay. And then I realized they were all three going to hit at the same time, and it was going to be bad. And I kept thinking, what am I going to say at this kid's funeral? I mean, they're going to, he's going to, it's, it's my fault I let him in there. He's going to die. Luke's big. The other kid's big. They're going to hit him. They're going to roll over. They're going to squish him. He's going to break every bone in his body. Kid's going to die. I mean, that's. Honestly, I had all kind of crazy thoughts thinking. And about that time, bam, they hit. And they hit so hard, they rolled all the way out and hit the fence behind where the players were standing. And, and about that time, that little boy got up and said, I told you I could do it, coach. And I went, good. Go back out there and get your fanny back out there on the field and do it again. And I want you to know, that little guy helped us shut that team mm-hmm. down. And, um, of course, Luke helps them too, and so does the rest of the team. But... We wound up playing the game, winning the game. But he was so proud of himself, he said, I just want you to know I told you I could do it. And I said, well, I trust you now. You get out there and have fun. You know, when you teach it and they perform it and they expect it of themselves and they go out and do it in and faith. And you gave an opportunity. You give them an opportunity and they do it in faith. It it really is a beautiful thing to see. It, it, you know, I didn't feel proud for me. I was felt proud for him, you know. And I can only think of what the Heavenly Father thinks when we do something for him. You were talking about worshiping a while ago, and that's what I was thinking about. When you're singing those praise songs to the Lord, I know that he's just proud of that. And please, not not because of anything else but your obedience and you trying to live his way and trying to give him praise. And, you know, that's a beautiful thing. Our lives should be lived with an attitude of praise. Mm-hmm. I really believe that. Some people think, I, you know, I don't have much to offer. Maybe, maybe you're driving right now and you're like, I, I don't coach. I don't have words to offer to anybody that, that inspires anybody. I was looking at online to see who the number one inspirational speaker in the world is. Do you know who that is according to Google? I have no idea. Just take a shot. 
I don't know, this a speaker now? Mm-hmm. This living. This living. This living now. Uh, I'll probably have to say, um, I don't know, Franklin Graham, I don't know. I don't have a clue. Okay, we're talking for the world, out there in the world. Yeah. Do I see a hand that needs to know <laughs> the answer? Uh, it is Oprah Winfrey. Really? And I'm like, uh, we have a lot to say. Don't yeah. ever think you don't have inspiration words if you know Jesus. Yeah. Period. Hmm. We've got a lot to say and a lot more than than Oprah would have to say mm-hmm. if we just use God's word. Mm-hmm. Folks, everybody makes a difference, especially when you're in the will of God and you're using his words. Hey, y'all come back at the bottom of the hour on Priority Talk and we'll go with our next segment. See you in a few. Thanks. Hey, Priority Talk listeners. Care to make a quick comment or ask a question for Greg on the air? Send the code PTR to the number 205-941-1011 to join the show's text line where you can communicate with Greg during the show. That's 205-941-1011 and send the letters PTR. Thanks for listening. And now back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like... And they'll be back with you this next week. Just want you to know that. And also, if you would, we've been talking about words. We've been talking about inspiration. We've been talking about teaching. We've been talking about coaches. We've been talking about what God's word says for us, how God is for us and not against us, Mm -hmm. and how he wants to live his way. And, um, if you want to join us on Priority Talk, or this any of this reminds you of a story that you need to share that could inspire the rest of us and in new ways, you give us a call, 941-1011-205-941-1011. It's been a good day already. Got two more segments to go. What you got going? Well, uh, I you know, it's been an interesting day. I, I started off telling you that our dog died. That reminds me of uh, that little young man in the back <laughs> of our car. That got in the car and said, hey, did I tell you my dog died? And we're like, no. He goes, yeah, my dog died. I'm like, you just said that. <laughs> but anyway, but true, true story, our dog did die today, and that was very sad. But we have three dogs, and there are two bro- a brother and a sister, Chocolate Labs, and the brother died today. And then we have an Australian Shepherd. So they're that's really Luke's, actually, though. Yeah, I said we. Luke's and Junior. I said we. Okay, all right. But, but Luke's dog thinks it's my dog. I mean, he thinks because you feed it and walk him, and give him treats and love on them. Well, Luke does that too. He pats it every now and then. Yeah, yeah. Picks it up and squeezes Luke, it. Call in if you think differently. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, but it was a sad morning this morning. But uh, words, uh, you were great, by the way. I go, I come into the bedroom crying because I, I was, I found him out there when we were walking, or the, and I say we as in the three dogs and I out in the woods we have our morning walk of about a mile in the woods and i found him there but i came in crying and you did the right thing you didn't say it's just a dog you didn't say that that. i know some people might have but not you you hugged me and held on to me while i cried and then you went out and and did what i couldn't do at the moment because i was still experiencing too much pain 
that you went in and buried Well, Luke did about two-thirds or three-quarters of the mm-hmm. digging. I dug some, even though I was drenched wet, mm-hmm. drenching wet. And um, But we got it done, made it to the office on time, and I think Luke had to go to a practice. He's helping Victory Christian out today. And um, and so, uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a tough morning this morning, but, uh, but you know, God is good. And we had that little dog for about seven, eight years. And so, uh, and he was a good dog. And um, I always liked him because he didn't lick me. I don't like being licked. Mm-hmm. And so he knew not to lick me and that was good. <laughs> well, he came, his name came from Benaniah from the Bible. The kids named him that, one of David's <laughs> mighty warriors. Yeah. So, um, of course, we called him Ben and I called him Fat Boy Ben. And but, Luke called him cinder block head yes. because he had a big old head. Yeah, even though he's a chocolate lab, he was also a border collie mix because I got him from the Humane Society, he and his sister. Good thing that I, when I was sitting on the floor with the two, I just went by a window and I said, I just want two dogs, a brother and a sister. I want them to be able to play by themselves or with themselves. And when I'm gone to work or, you know, they're there, they have each other. And so they were awesome. I sat on the floor. They, they're just little puppies all over me, licking me, little puppy breath. And then I, I said, yeah, these will be fine. And I took them home. But when I got in the car, the people from the Humane Society in Birmingham called me and said, hey, they have six brothers and sisters, too. Oh, me. And you said. No. <laughs> no. Words. Hey. Words of affirmation. Yeah, or well. <laughs> <laughs> it was It was nice. I just said no. And. And folks, you got to remember. I mean, I before Laurie and I got married, I went and bought a house, and um, her mother was a real estate agent at the time, and and so I bought this house six months before we got married. And I moved into it, and the day I moved into it, I had all my buddies moving me in, and I said, "Okay, Laurie, you tell me where you want things to go, so that when we get married and you you move in, we don't have to move anything." You know, I, I always thinking and planning. And so all my buddies came over. They moved me in. And she said, put that here and that there and this, that, and the other. And so we moved in. Within five weeks of me being there, Laurie finds a cat. And she brings it over to, to the house that I'm living in. She's living with her parents still. And she brought it over and she said, Mom can't, won't let me keep it. And I said, here's your sign. And she said, no, no, I, I, we need a cat to get rid of the rats. And I don't really care for cats. I'm sorry. I just... they. I think I'm allergic to them, but by the same token, it's a long story. I won't go there. So we get this cat. Six months later, Laurie moves in with me. She's teaching school. She brings home a guinea pig. This guinea pig's bigger than most dogs. I mean, this thing was, it was huge for a guinea pig. It was, honestly, it was about almost 12, 16 inches long. It was, it was unbelievable. And it was fat. I mean, it's a big guinea pig. And then, then uh, a few weeks later, she brings home five or six puppies. And I'm like, what is this? I look like Dr. Doolittle or something. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know what was they going on. They needed a good home. Yeah, yeah, they did. And so she got rid of all the dogs except one. And not got rid of them. I found well, good she homes found, for them. Yeah, she found homes for them. <laughs> and so here we are. I, you know, I'm working as an accountant. I'm a youth minister at this point in time. Uh, Laurie's a teacher. We don't have any kids. But we've got, you know... A dog, a cat, a guinea pig, and then next thing you know, our our cat comes down with with uh, leukemia, and I had to take the cat to go get it put down. I didn't like that job. I, I got up the next Saturday, and Laurie was out emceeing a beauty pageant somewhere, and and uh, I I go and um, I go into the the bedroom, and and the guinea pig's dead, 
And so I buried the guinea pig. Laurie comes home, and I thought, well, two out of three is gone. And I kept thinking, I hope Sprite doesn't die. I really like the dog. <laughs> and so, but it's been that way ever since we've been married. She's always bringing animals home. And, and I finally, I, I like animals, but I don't like them in the house. I don't God like made animals before he made man. Well, that's true. You're right. You're right. But where do I have dominion over them? I do. They sit when I say sit. <laughs> yeah, but they don't mind me at all. Oh, man, that's funny. But, you know, that, that's that's part of growing, you know, growing to understand each other and care for each other. I, I, I really like animals in my own way. I really do. And you like them in a different way. and, and But it mixes and it, it works. It mixes well for, for us and works. And, and you learn to treat each other. Uh, by the way, you treat your animals sometimes too. I think. <laughs> yeah, um, you, uh, the animals were good practice before I got married, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You've been feeding me too much, by the way. Yeah, but <laughs> you take those <laughs> treats. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, if she wants me to feel guilty for a while, you know what she does? She goes out and she buys a big bag. I'm, Stuart, I'm telling you, she bought a bag this tall. I mean, about six, twelve inches tall. Okay. You know what's got in it? It's filled with M and M's. Do I need M and M's? Nice. No, I don't. Yeah, well, I like M and M's. Uh huh. Uh, you know, they got the peanuts in the middle. You know, and, oh, those are the best. Oh, they're, they're incredible. Let's now, just say the bag is not full anymore. Uh-huh. It's not full because every time I go buy it, I get three to five, and and I'm like, I'm just popping them. Just you'd think I was a you know M and holic or something, mm-hmm. you know, and and it's just and I keep thinking that's the way she does the dog. She's always throwing them a treat. You know, she's doing me that way now, and I keep thinking, hmm, what's the motive here? I won't go there. I'll be no. good. I'll be good. No, 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 no. There's no motive. Hey, hey, it's hey. Just Fat Albert's love. here. That's the way I feel. No. You're getting just fluffy. Love. Love. Getting too fluffy. But anyway, but you know, it, things you do when you build a family, when you build the church, when you are teaching a classroom, when you're learning people at work, you, you, there's give and take, as my parents used to say. But what I like to say, there's, there's forgiveness, there's learning about each other, and learning to enjoy the labor of love instead of the duty. You know, It's one thing to be obedient, but loving to be obedient is another thing. Mm-hmm. And that's where you learn a whole lot. And I think that's where life is really what it's about, is learning to love what you do and learning to live with those that you love with. I have uh, the blessing of having both of my parents still alive today. And growing up in that in a Christian home was such a blessing for me. So my parents loved uh, us enough to teach us about Jesus. I came to know Christ because I wanted to be like my parents and have Jesus. And that was very good for me to go into my pastor's office and say, I want Jesus in my heart. And Shelly Ezel at Ridgecrest Baptist Church, if anybody out there went uh, to that church years ago, but that was a very special day for me. But even to this day, my father and my mom give me great advice. The true words that they speak over me, even to this day, and pray for me. I love to hear my parents pray. Oh, yeah. We've talked, we've been talking this entire uh, talk show about words and not just living, you know, just living your life, but words do matter. I think as Christians, 
yes, to be to be a witness by the way we live is important, but that does not excuse us for not saying something about who Jesus is to That's other right. people people around us. My parents, even knowing I love Jesus and know I, knowing I'm a Christian, will still encourage me through the word of of a, of a lesson that they've come across or something mm-hmm. they've read in their scriptures. They're real good about that. Very, very good. Mm-hmm. So I want to carry that to my children, too. And I think we do do that when our kids come to us with problems or with something great. We're, let's stop and praise the Lord. Or, hey, did you see how Jesus worked in that situation? We'll draw their attention to it. The words, words of affirmation and who Jesus is and how he's directed their lives in that particular moment are so important. Uh, and if you're out there driving and no one's poured into your life like that, we just encourage you to get out your scripture if you if you have a bible go online your google's great about just pulling up a scripture make sure it's from the word of god god uh, starting john maybe paul you've got something else that you suggest but to get into your word because as you started today's bible study or talk it was in the beginning was the word, the word. And God himself spoke that word. So when you read that Bible, you are reading truth. Well, you're reading it. You're reading the word from the great I am. Mm-hmm. And it, we say this all the time at the church, and I really don't hear it enough uh, from teachers a lot of times. But in a day and time where people don't know what their gender is, you know, there's only two genders, and there's only right. two genders in the Bible. But nowadays there's a whole bunch more because people think it and they think they're that way. But God knows who he is. I am that I am. That's what Yahweh means. Mm-hmm. I am that I am. And it, there's one scripture that also says, because he is, we are. You know, and, and, and I like that because that's who we are. We're created male and female. You need to go back to the basics, get the basics down, and then just learn how to live life the way God set it out. I told our church last week, I said, if I jump up, I come down. God placed the law of gravity there. If I walk out in front of a, a bus, I'm going to probably die because the law of force that bus doesn't stop and god put that law of force there to really help us to get around and dodge each other if we if we need to he's done spiritual laws too and the spiritual laws he gives us in the scriptures and if we follow those then we live a more fulfilled life you you read a scripture to me before the show started and i can't remember if you read it already or not but but listen to this as a uh, proverbs ten eleven. did you read this a minute ago uh, no, not well. No, I didn't. It says the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. You right. talk about your parents mm-hmm. sharing the scriptures with you, it, folks. The more you talk scriptures to your kids, the more they're going to find real life. And then look what it says here. It says the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. And then it says, but the mouth of yes. the wicked conceals violence. And then it says in verse twelve, hatred stirs up strife. But love covers all transgressions. That word love there is not a social love. It's not a sentimental love. It's not a sensual love. It's not eros. It's not uh, philos. It is agape love, which is a supernatural love that covers over all transgressions. Well, it's it's true. And the word fountain. I love that. From the Lord is eternal. Yeah. It will never, never run dry. So it's not a one-time done, did my job, I spoke good things. It's yeah. a continuous 
thing yeah. from our our heart. And I love that where it says in in the scripture, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You cannot conceal uh, what you really like because your words will tell on you. They'll tell on you. They'll tell on you. Hey, folks, we'll be back with some more words to close out the show. Thank you for joining with us. We're going to go to the break right now. And we'll come back for the la- the final segment. Often marketing agencies make high promises with low delivery. Business owners have been burned by these types of companies time and time again. Dot Edison Marketing is built on integrity. They retain customers four times the industry average. Move past multiple vendors. Lost time, lost money. Contact Dot Edison Marketing and find your marketing partner with integrity at its core. Call them at 205 205- 332-3728 or go to their website at .edison.com Hey, this is Charles Billingsley and I just want to thank you for listening to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. Hey, this is Paul Brazier, and I've got Laurie with me, and uh, we're covering for Greg and Nate today on Priority Talk. It's been our pleasure to be with you all day. We've talked about encouraging Did words. Did you just say on, all day? All day. Has it felt like all day to you? No, I haven't all day. All day you, two it. hours. Oh. Can we go about three or four more hours, Stuart? Uh, sure. Sure. I, I mean, you'll... I won't be here. You won't be talking to anybody. Just <laughs> stay in here and talk Believe to each other. Believe me, he can talk for another three I hours. Mm-hmm. I guess what I preached on Sunday. What was that? It's Acts 20, where Paul is, I think he's in Troas, and he's speaking, and they're in a, like an upper room, and he's speaking up there, and, and it says that he started speaking uh, right after, right around 6 o'clock in the evening, and he continued till midnight. And when I was preaching, I said, and Paul continued till midnight, and they, and they all stayed with him. And, um, and one of the ladies in the choir said, hey, don't get, the, don't, don't get any ideas, preacher. Yeah. <laughs> and I turned around, and I said, we're having a deacon's meeting after church to talk about her. And she started laughing. We, just, we had a good time. But then later on that passage of Scripture, uh, Eutychus falls asleep. And then he falls out of the window while Paul's preaching, falls to his death. And then Paul goes and lays over Eutychus and prays over him, and Eutychus comes up alive. They go back upstairs. He preaches a little bit more. Then they shared the Lord's Supper, and he continued till the dawn. The dawn. That's pretty wild, isn't it? You could do that. Not, not. I'm talking about just speaking that long. You could handle I that. I can do that. You did uh, the Secret Church one time and went. Yeah. I don't know how many hours that was. Yeah, we we did our own Secret Church, like what David Platt did, and I would just I went through. Um, I did three books one time. I did John, I did Nehemiah, and I did James. Mm-hmm. I did that in six hours. I did the Revelation in six hours. I've done Daniel in six hours. Um, I hadn't done that since I've been at Central. I may need to do that. because I don't know if anybody could hang in there with as me that long. As long as food's involved, I'm Well, there. we did bring food. That helped yeah, a that lot. Help. Okay. That helped out a bunch. But anyway, you had a scripture you wanted to talk to us I, about. I think. Talk at me. Well, Colossians 4, 6. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And it says you are speaking life. This is uh, an interesting thing about Dr. Greg Smalley. 
He gives five ways to speak life into someone. Speak words of praise. Think about this with children, too. Oh, yeah. Words of gratitude, because mm-hmm. everybody's got something good to give. Words of validation. Yeah, the truth. Yes. Salt, words yeah. of honor. Mm-hmm. And words of encouragement. That's good. You know, people don't think about honor, but, you know, we're to, as children, we're to honor our parents. Mm-hmm. And likewise, I think we're supposed to honor each other. Um, you know, one of my favorite times that, that I have at the church? Hmm. Greeting. Yes. I love greeting the folks before and after church. I, I, just, I just love fraternizing with people. And it's, it's our opportunity to honor each other with joy, with a joke, with a quip, mm-hmm. with a lot of love, you know. Or been praying for you. Right. You know. Um, it's a face-to-face interaction. It's a real fellowship. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a, how are you today? You know, right. it's not a, God says it, it's, it's not a formal thing. It's it's a real personal thing. And, and uh, um, you know, I really, if, I, I've said this many times, I want to finish strong. I really do. Um, well, I got 15, maybe 20 years in ministry. I don't know. I, I may not have that long, you know, but I want to finish strong. And I got a long way to go. But I enjoy Learning to love people a lot more than I used to. I really do. I that was one thing I prayed about when when I married you. I did not know you were going to be a pastor. I felt like you, ma- you married for money. I know it was all about the it was all about the car. I wanted <laughs> a nice car, car and the accounting and yeah, I got you. <laughs> but I knew you're a youth pastor, but and I just felt like God was going to bring into my life a missionary. I thought I was going to be a missionary in a foreign country. I had no idea at the time it was Pell City. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> well, I never told you, but I thought I was going to be a missionary, too, at yeah. one point. I really did. Well, we talked about it when we and, went um, to the mission board and spoke. Mm. But anyway, so in saying that, one of my biggest flaws, and I'll say it out there for everybody to hear, is that when people are depressed, it bothers me. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, why? Yeah. My v- favorite verse is, for my life is Psalm one thirty nine fourteen. I'm a I'm a Philippians one fan too, but Psalm one thirty nine fourteen. I will praise you, Lord. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. And why is it? Because your works are so awesome. Yeah. He made me in His image. So when people are depressed, it really bothers me. I'm like, I want to say, just get over it. So the Lord, I prayed that He would help me have compassion. One of the paragraphs in this article is when someone says through words or actions and you may feel like this at driving or listening to the station i feel worthless i don't know why god made me no one cares about me i hate my life that is in that moment that we have a golden opportunity to speak words of just those things that's right praise gratitude validation honor encouragement through the holy spirit he will give us the right thing to say and he will he, re- he really will and you know sometimes when you say something to people it can be something that will help them to laugh at themselves because sometimes when i'm when i'm down and out it's for a dumb reason i've taken something the wrong way it's a i believe satan attacks us with depression mm-hmm. i believe it's an all-out attack oppression uh, oppression yeah. i really it, it, but i mean he causes a depression sure. because of what he does <clears throat> and um and sometimes we need to uh look at it from a different angle 
um, I got tickled. There was a comedian that I used to listen to a lot, and he got up there and he said, um, this this person came to me when I was a, a, a counselor, and the person, the guy came to him and says, well, I'm overweight, and, uh, and I'm not real smart. And the counselor says, yeah, and you're ugly, too. <laughs> that was not words of encouragement. Not, not words either. of encouragement at all. But, but you know, when he said that to that person, he knew the person had a sense of humor. And when he said that, immediately it was like a light coming on. And the guy was able to laugh at himself and what he said. And he was able to start working on who he was and who he wasn't. Well, words of affirmation. I think yeah. about the, the opportunity we have to take the focus off of ourselves when we're depressed like that. Yeah. Focus is on the Lord. Because because when you start to praise him, once again, as I said earlier, your your focus is not on who or what you're not. It's up. It's to him. Yeah. I I know it's a hard place to be if you're depressed and it's hard to look to the Lord sometimes when you feel that way. But he is the one who gives us true value. Yeah. And so if we have a friend or a, a spouse or someone that just comes to us and they're in that moment of depression or they see no worth value in themselves to help, I think the Lord is going to give us the words to bring the focus back to him. And we talked, we started the, the show with about a coach, the words that yeah. they have, the power they have. Mm-hmm. Once again, they, the, the player may feel inadequate about who they are. Or they may be all wrapped up in themselves. Either extreme, yeah. the focus needs to be on what, you know, who's in charge, who are you playing for, why are you here? Um, and for us in life as Christians, we're here for bring yeah. the Lord glory. That's right. I, I've, I've said this many times. We had some kids that they were having a tough time playing ball. And this one kid, every time a penalty came up, he started getting down. He jumped off sides. He jumped off sides again, jumped off sides again. Finally, we got penalized. It was 15 yards back. And I said, look, I called timeout. says, look, you got to get over to the last play. The next play is the most important. The greatest thing you can do is get over it, take your yardage penalty, and, and, and run the play. And he said, just run the play. I said, yeah. A few plays later, we're in the end zone. You know, we know, you know, we're, we're headed to heaven as Christians. We do the things that it takes to get to, to get the rest of us right. there together. We're you know, and, and enjoy it and learn to enjoy the walk with each other. Once you, while well, we just got the last second to tell about that camp one more time and oh yeah, and Central Baptist gym. Yeah. yeah, go to centralbaptistch.com and register for our football camp on August the fifth. It's free. Yeah. It's free. Uh, kindergarten through uh, sixth grade is at uh, eight thirty in the morning and then the uh, high schoolers uh, from seventh grade to twelfth grade is in is at uh, five o'clock got coach clark coming and a lot of other coaches y'all have a blessed weekend and it's good to have you on priority talk